Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast with your Real Talk Weekend. What's going on in our pulpits? That's what we've been talking about for a whole week. We've been dealing with the slanderers, the liars, the heretics, and we just have one more, one popular TV evangelist. And it's amazing to me how Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, and now Benny Hinn renounces their word of faith and their prosperity preaching. After 20 years of lying to you, he now says after millions and maybe even billions of dollars that his theology is and was wrong and now he thinks it's wrong to ask for a thousand dollars. Think about it folks and you still follow him. What is wrong with you? We'll see. The next voice you hear after this brief message will be Benny Hinn himself. I'm a heretic and I'm okay. I scheme all night and the life all day. He's a heretic and he's okay. He schemes all night and he lies all day. God's word, I put on shows that do better on Broadway. Have you seen the Lion King? It'll be here on Sunday. It twists God's word, it puts on shows that do better on Broadway. Have you seen the Lion King? It'll be here on Sunday. He's a heretic and he's okay. He schemes all night and he lies all day. God's word, I take your tithes and spend it on private jets. Have you seen my bank account? It's bigger than yours, I'll bet. Twist God's word, he takes your tithes and spends it on private jets. Have you seen his bank account? It's bigger than yours, Books that will land you all in hell I'll never say I'm sorry Cause I'll be there as well He twists God's word He writes bad books That will land us all in hell Our brokenness Our old man We call that the flesh must be broken, must be out of the way. And today, sadly, among a lot of circles, all you hear is how to build the flesh. It's a feel-good message. That's what you hear out there. It's all about feel good, do good, all that. Make money, all the rest of it. 
And I'm sorry to say that prosperity has gone a little crazy. And I'm correcting my own uh, 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 theology. And you need to all know it. Because when I read the Bible now, I don't see the Bible in the same eyes I saw the Bible 20 years ago. And Steve Strang from Charisma, who we go back years, he actually he was at my wedding. People don't even know that Charisma magazine began with my father-in-law. Charisma magazine started with Roy Harden, and I married his daughter. So Steve Strang was in, in my wedding. We go way back. And he's already asked me, said, are you ready to make it public? I said, well, not totally. Because I don't want to hurt my friends whom I love, who believe things I don't believe anymore. And I will tell you now something that you know, it's, it's going to shock you. I think it's an offense to the Lord. It's an offense to say, give a thousand dollars. I think it's offense to the Holy Spirit to place a price on the gospel. I'm done with it. I will never again ask you to give a thousand or whatever amounts because I think the Holy Ghost is just fed up with it. Are you, did you hear me? I, All right, Benny Hinn. You and Joyce Myers. Wow. But you are, you're going to give back all that money that you collected over the years, 20 years of a thousand dollars on an average of $10,000 a day. Saints, you add it up. I'm happy if the brothers repent of, don't get me wrong. I, I'm rejoicing if it's true. But you know, after you have made all this money and did all these things, and, and yes, you've heard it, you said it's an offense to God. Now think about what you just, think about, listen to what he just said. It's an offense to God to do it this way. An offense to God, that means it's a sin. That means it has to be dealt with. And again, I mean, repentance, get, get way out. Great. But what about reparation? What about sending some money back? What about supporting small churches? What about uh, scaling back your lifestyle? What about somebody renouncing you? You doing it to yourself, that's one thing. But what about all the people you have hurt? The hundreds of thousands and millions of people you have heard. You know, he's an international preacher. He's been all around the world. Let him tell it. Go back and listen to what he says. Think about how he said that he didn't want people to rebuke him because he wanted uh, a Holy Ghost gun to kill people. Blasphemy. Straight blasphemy. And now, oh my God, it just, it seems like the perfect time. All of them are starting to scale back. Creflo, Joyce, uh, Benny Hinn. Is it real? Or is it Memorex? You have to decide for yourself. But I wouldn't send none of them rat hole preachers another dime. I don't want to hear about how they blessed you with their motivation and their trickery. He said out of his mouth, it was a it was a affront to God, an abomination. He said that. They said they got it wrong. So you've been following wrong all this time and thought you were right. There's a way that seems right unto the ma a man, and the ways thereof is death, separation. You've been following them and separated from God all this time and didn't even know. It. And now they come to you and say, oh, well, we made a mistake. It's wrong. We went too far. 
We shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have put a thousand dollars on God's word. You knew it then. You knew it then. So your question is, who taught Benny Hinn? Who taught her? It goes all the way back. There's a lineage. There is a lineage. And saints, I want you to wake up. Plain and simple, I want you to wake up. Get out of these rat hole mega churches that is just about the building. Look at the building. Can you come there if you're sick? If your house burns down, can you come live in the church? No, you can't even get into the pastor's office without going through five, six people. And you call this person your pastor? Three and four offerings, money, 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 all the time. But your local church that you could walk to, that you could participate in, that you could give your gift to. Churches are overloaded with gifted people, five accountants, ten attorneys, uh, uh, social workers, and all that stuff. And yet still, when I go to the events that have these mega churches, there's only the same 20, 30, or 40, 50 people there doing the work. Where's everybody else? You're wearing your church like a label. And you'll label yourself right on in the hell. Following these rat hole churches and these rat hole preachers. Period. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this man has got up and renounced his own doctrine that he's been teaching for 20 years. He had it wrong from the get-go. From day one, he was an apostate. From day one, he knew. He didn't, he, it ain't, it's not that he did not know. He was too well-learned, too well-versed to know. But he decided to take the, the low road, which gave him the high life. You hear what I said? He took the low road to gain the high life. People, please wake up. Time is drawing near. Please wake up. Get away from these candy, candy-coated sermons. They're not helping you. You do not have a God-sized hole in your heart. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. God's going to say, he never knew you. He said it. I didn't. You don't want to deal with that. But you are responsible. As much as he is responsible for what he says, you are responsible for what you listen to. You're not going to escape that. You can repent, and I want you to. Turn. Turn. And if you hear this message, this is another another feather in your cap or another thorn in, your, thorn in the flesh that you're going to be held accountable for what you just heard. Just like when you hear the candy that give you spiritual cavities and lead you to hell, you're going to be responsible for the spiritual milk and meat that you heard that should have made you repent and turn to God. You're going to be responsible for the fact that God's forbearance has led you to this point when you hear this message and you're going to have to turn and make up your mind. It's only two ways. His way, Jesus' way, or the devil's way. There's only two gates. One that's narrow, one that's uh, open wide. Two roads. One that few can find and the broad road where everybody's going to walk on. And, and tell, let me tell you this. There are going to be plenty of so-called Christians on the broad road, knowingly and unknowingly, but their destination is going to be the same. Get back to Bible. Learn how to read again in context so your interpretation can be right, so your application can be wrong. Quit throwing oil on things, touching and agreeing, and all that witchcraft stuff that you want to participate in in church and be mysterious and spooky. Okay, God is talking to you through his word, his son, Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible said. 
Quit trying to be a prophetic person when there's no reason to be prophetic in the future because the next imminent, meaning the next thing on God's agenda, on Jesus' agenda, is to come back. And he said he didn't even know. You don't have to look at the weather. Just look at the world. It's decaying. It's decaying. It's not going to get better. And the remnant and now the heretics are being caught up left and right. Every week I get emails and text messages and letters about these different preachers 20, 30 years in and they're leaving the faith because guess what? The money is drying up. The mega, mega churches are sticking away from the mega churches and the mega churches are taken away from the local church and there's so much money left and smaller groups and smaller churches with sincere men called by God Unworthy men are called by God. Worthy men end up like Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, Creflo Dollar, and the rest of them that are apostates. I'm not scared to say it. Where is the grace? The grace is the fact that I'm still trying to warn people and warn them. Stop it. Stop it right now. I love you enough to say you can repent, but you close your eyes and you did not really repent. You're going to end up in hell and you're going to have a whole bunch of people that you're going to be accountable for. There's got to be, in my imagination, a special place in hell for those who lead God's flock astray. It has to be. Please continue to check out the show. Here comes a commercial. Say today that the world is filled with many, many faces. Right? Some of those faces, they're, they're good. They're right with God. Right? And some of those faces, they're going to lie to you. Got to watch out. Absolutely. So I'm here to tell you today, make sure you don't fall for a pretty face. Right? And that pretty face just may indeed be the Prince of Lies. That's right. I'm going to tell you right now, his lies are everywhere. Blood of Christ, they love the blood. And, they uh, love the blood. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're practically not listening. When you get them in the right spot, they're not even listening. I mean, no, so, they're listening. No, they're so much so not listening. I can, uh, I can talk about anything. I can talk about, um, I can talk about my mom's banana bread recipe. <laughs> you don't think so? See, now you're underestimating. You think so? No, you're underestimating your crowd. When I go back in there, I will preach a banana no, bread no, sermon. That's embarrassing. I bet you ten bucks. Do you believe that if you go ahead and allow the Holy Ghost into your heart, you can be cleansed of all your sins and sit in the kingdom of God? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You gotta get an amen. is it today to be a church member and not be saved? That's bringing it right down where the rubber meets the road where you and I live. May I say this to you, and I've said this many times to my congregation in the churches I serve. I would rather be a hot and pot in the darkest corner of Africa bowing down to a totem pole than to be a church member sitting in a pew and professing to be a Christian and not even know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. May I say to you, I'm not going to argue with you what God will do at the hot and pot. I think the Lord got some plans, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about that church member, because that's what Ezekiel's talking about.
Now, saints, let's compare. Let's see what a real man of God would say when asked that question. But you're going to get this in the form of a short sermon. No, you don't get to do just anything that you want to do when you come to Christ. And the truth will set you free. Free in order to become the very bond slave of Jesus. Free not to do what I want, but free to do what I ought. Since by nature I cannot do what I ought, because I'm in bondage to my own desires, I need somebody to set me free from the bondage of my own desires in order that I might live in obedience to his will. Jesus is Lord. That is not an expression of personal devotion. That is a statement concerning Jesus' identity. And because he is Lord, to come to him, to respond to the invitation, is to take on an obligation. And the obligation is a freeing obligation, but an obligation nevertheless. And let me tell you clearly. That's what Joel Osteen didn't say that. There's no obligation. I don't know. I'm not free to take on an obligation. I don't become a slave to Christ. He may be Lord. He may not be Lord. Who's telling the truth? You decide. Since Jesus is Lord, those who have come to Jesus and live under his yoke have no freedom to behave in any other way than the way in which Jesus as Lord declares. So the issues of morality, the issues of sexuality, the conducting of business, the practice of family, all of these things are gathered under the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Paul summarizes it, again in writing to people in Corinth, he says, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. No. No, no, no. I don't want to be under that one. I don't want to be under that one. I don't want to be under that kind of obligation. I want God to love me regardless of what I do and let me do what I want to do because really I don't want a Lord. I want a fluffy candy man that tells me bedtime stories and fables and make me feel comfortable in the skin of my sin that I'm in. Thirdly, learn, learn, come, take, learn. <laughs> Have you listened as children come home from school Every so often I'm in a situation where it just so happens either the bus gushes out all these little bodies or I happen to be somewhere in a school playground and all the children come running out. And it's fascinating just to listen to the initial things that are said by the moms who are there to, to, to welcome them. And you must check, and I don't want to be unkind in this way, certainly don't want to bring shame down upon myself, but would I be wrong in suggesting that almost the... The, the overarching and recurring question that is issued to the child as they come towards their mother is, did you have fun today? 
Did you invent today? Now, if you happen to be in the company of a Chinese parent or an Indian parent, if you listen carefully, they're not asking that question. They're actually asking, did you learn anything today? Because that's why you went to school. To learn. Now, there's a revolutionary thought, isn't it? That is. But you know, that's the same question that's in church. As he's going to say, the reason why you go to church, you want to be entertained and have fun. You're not really trying to learn anything. Joel Osteen, thank you for your motivational books because I feel good when I read them, but I haven't learned nothing about the nature of God. I've learned nothing about the promises of God. I've learned nothing about the God of the Bible other than he loves me and wants me to feel cuddly and warm and drink hot chocolate and nestle up to him and listen to his stories. There's no obligation. I didn't learn anything. I want to have fun in church. Did you have fun today? I don't want to overstep my boundary, but have you been to some churches recently? Would I be wrong in thinking that the question, when it's all over, is akin to the standard maternal question of the children coming from school? Did you have fun today at church? Loved ones, that's not the question. Did you learn anything? Well, if you want to learn something, presumably you'd have a Bible. If you had a Bible, presumably you would open it. If you opened it, presumably you would look in it to see if what the person up behind this box is saying is actually in this Bible. I'd be very concerned if I were you. I'd be very concerned. Christianity, you see, changes the way a man or a woman thinks. Hence the invitation to learn. Don't you love that great quote by C.S. Lewis when he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the rising of the sun, not simply because I can see it, but because by it I can see everything else. That coming to Jesus changes everything. Changes the way I view everything. Changes my perspective on Jesus. Changes my perspective on time. Changes my perspective on resources. Changes my perspective on, on career. Changes the kind of person that I want to marry and live my life with. It just changes everything. As we learn from him, it is as we learn the Bible, we learn that our acceptance with God is a result of the fact that Jesus has lived the kind of life that I should live but can't, and that he has fully paid the penalty that I deserve for the kind of life I do live, but shouldn't. That's the gospel. You see, the gospel is what God has done in Jesus in a moment in time. The gospel is not the story of the perils that attach to rejecting it, or of the benefits that accrue to those who accept it. Many of us, I think, have heard about what happens to us if we don't accept the gospel, or the benefits that we may enjoy if we do accept the gospel. But some of us are sitting there saying, I wish somebody would actually tell me the gospel. What is the gospel? 
Christ died for sins. Once for all, the righteous, that's him, for the unrighteous, that's me, to bring me to God. That he who was without sin became sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that when we sing, O Christ, in thee my soul hath found, and found in thee alone the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss till now unknown, now none but Christ can satisfy. What we are affirming is that all of the blessings of God are made available to us in the person of his son, Jesus. And simply a head knowledge of that is not to be equated with our having come to believe it and trust it and learn of it and be yoked by it for ourselves. I that was Alistair Begg. I will put the link to this sermon in the description. Isn't there a complete contrast between Pastor Alistair Begg and Pastor Joel Osteen, which one is standing on the word of God and which one is standing on the slippery slopes of sand? This is Pastor Jay, Walk of Truth Radio. I always want you to be encouraged to be blessed. We will continue on with what's really happening in the pulpits of America. Peace.